Capacity tightens as drivers reposition for holiday home time. Wet, windy weather ahead for final Christmas shipping push. Driver amenities, poor relationships and pay, and ELD concerns among top driver frustrations. And Transparency 19 unveils its immersive new format and keynotes. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we discuss all these issues and more on this week's episode of What to Try. And we are joined by Nick Austin, Chief Meteorologist. I guess we need to talk about what beer we're drinking. Make it quick, Chad. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's a Golden Monkey, a Victory Golden Monkey, a Belgian-style triple with added spice. And I stole this from someone in the fridge here at the Freight Waves offices. So if you're listening, you'll know who I am. And I am having a Happy Hermit International Pale Ale from Green Bench Brewing out of St. Petersburg, Florida. Sitting at a modest 4.9 ABV, and it tastes okay. <laughs> I am so glad, proud of you for branching out. Wow. Nice. All right. Um, well, briefly. So I think overall, you know, it's a it's a happy holiday type of celebration type podcast that we're bringing to you all uh, from the HQ1 Freight Alley offices. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. And with that emphasis, is we're talking about like getting drivers home. What do people go through? What's capacity like? Um, you know, for freight managers and drivers. Uh, as well as yeah, well, everyone yeah. in the supply chain. And we also, you know, the, the context is too is weather and how some of that can happen. Yeah, like I've been having some really interesting conversations with brokers this week about, you know, trying to cover these last minute Christmas loads. You know, the carriers, um, you know, really try to make it a priority to get the drivers home for Christmas. It's one of the few days of the year where they actually guarantee home time. We've heard of some cases where, you know, a driver gets stranded across the country and the, the, the carrier buys them a plane ticket to get them home. And you, though, I mean, yeah, and we, we, we understand, too, I think um, your, your working thesis going into this was that, you know, it seems like drivers uh, kind of like uh, double down and, 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 you know, say we're not going to go too far. From yeah, they hunker down. They just they don't want to get more than a day away from um, their, their, their domicile. Th- their respective domicile. And yeah. so you, for this particular article, you were getting the, 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 the broker's perspective and 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 what is that because i've been interviewing you know i've been talking to 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 to, uh asset-based carriers and you know i've been talking to um you know even people in insurance um we're going to soon talk to some drivers themselves but what was the perspective of brokers it's interesting i mean they you know they really want to solve their customers you know their shipper customers problems but you know, yeah. it's hard to find a truck, to, and, and the customers are handing them some crazy stuff. I mean, there's got to be a was, lot of valuable freight out there. I was talking to a guy yesterday who said that a shipper gave him a load. It was 1,500 mile lane, and it was supposed to be delivered at between 8 and 10 a.m. <laughs> on December 26th. So 1,500 oh. miles delivering the morning after Christmas. It's like uh, it sounds it's awful. Like, and the guy was like you know, going to his customer. He's like, "Hey, you, you know, this is." You know what you're doing here, right? You, you're. And this is going to be very, exp- you know, expensive, right? Like, and the shipper's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know. Even though it's the day after Christmas, well, which couldn't make the customer, but so happy. 
Right. Well, because I mean, it's it's fifteen hundred miles, so you're going to be driving all day on Christmas, um, and yeah. it, it costs money. So it's right. you know the brokers are what they do is he he was like this is where you really have a conversation with your customer. You say, are you just trying to get this load off the dock? In which case, you know, we can maybe get it into a yard, have it sit for a day, and then pick it up after the holiday. Or does it actually need to be delivered the morning after Christmas? And and right. and also why. Like, what's what's it really at stake here? Uh, and from the carrier's point of view, they know there's money to be made, as oh, yeah. you pointed out in the article. Yeah. And, and, and and shippers are sort of grinning and bearing it, knowing that it's going to come at a premium. Yeah. And, and, and brokers stand in the middle. I was talking to... Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you two different strategies brokers have with deal with getting caught in the middle uh-huh. between the shipper and the truck. Um, I talked to one guy uh, based in uh, brokerage based in Chattanooga. He says they play the holiday freight really conservatively. Okay. So if the, if they get a spot load, he says I don't even quote the, the shipper a price until I have a truck in hand that says they'll do it. Then I tell them, you know, what kind of, I'll, I'll say. Because like, it might not even be possible to find that. Or he just has no idea how much it's going to cost. Uh-huh. And so that's one, that's that's playing conservative, playing kind of scared, you know, playing playing defense is how the brokers talk sure, about okay. that. Sure, okay. I talked to another guy, brokerage based in Chicago, who said, he was complaining, he said, yesterday all the trucks disappeared. He was like, at 10 in the morning, we were, we were having a great day, you know, running a, a 13% margin on the day, and then everything went south. We gave almost all of it back, and by the, by the time the day ended, we had done over $300,000 in revenue. We'd only made about 16000 in margin, which is about 5%. So and so they got they they got he got hammered yeah, from that's not particularly unex, good unexpectedly high truck costs. He was giving the shippers the quotes up front. So trying to be aggressive in that way. Yeah, yeah. and then you get and so you I think pinged. Yeah, so I think the thing to do, you know, if you're going to try to play in the spot market, is you know work work backwards. Find the truck first and then quote the price. You you like that defensive I just, play? That I mean. It sounds good to me, the way you're framing it. It depends on your book of business and the mix you have and your customers and, you know, kind of the type of brokerage you are and what yeah. what you view as your strengths. But, I mean, it's I would be, it's really risky to say that – to think that you can – you know what, what the, you know, the truck is going to cost. Because ultimately in this kind of situation, the guy who's willing to drive on Christmas has all the leverage. Well, and uh, for you know, in a, a story in a, in a moment too, we're gonna we're gonna follow up a little bit more on um, uh, you know drivers and um, you know what's keeping them you know frustrated as well as um, on the road. Um, so we'll we'll follow up on this if there's any more context. But that that gives us a good beginning overview of of how the brokers played in the middle. Um, but in the meantime, like uh, let's give us get get us some uh, Nick Austin. Could you give us some up to the minute? What is happening right? now? now uh, across the nation for truckers and, and as we move into the weekend here well the big storm which luckily is not a winter storm as far as snow and ice but uh, a lot of rain and wind up in uh, the northeast later tonight and tomorrow so Shocker. we're talking you know you were talking earlier about you know a lot of drivers are trying to get home for the holiday i mean right. this is the time of the year where yeah. they can where, where they can do that uh, but at the same time they're also still having to make kind of last minute shipments of Christmas gifts that have been ordered. And so yeah. they're out on the roads with everyone else traveling. Uh, other people are trying to get to their families. 
maybe people who have ordered a lot of those last-minute gifts that are on those trucks, and they're all on the roads because there's just so much traffic out there these uh, couple of days heading into the weekend. But yeah, I don't th- want to be out on the roads right now, but I got to go. I got to go to Missouri myself right. for a couple of okay. days, and so this this is going to be pertinent to me as well. Yeah, and you know, for for a lot of the for a lot of the truckers out there who are hauling through the Northeast or have to go in in the Northeast tonight and through the day tomorrow, there's there's going to be a lot of rain. It's going to be heavy. There's going to be a lot of wind, especially closer to the coast yeah. along the I-95 corridor. And that can get dangerous so if you, if you go over a patch of, of road with, like, standing water. Right. And all of a sudden you get hit with a crosswind. <laughs> really easy right. to lose traction. Especially for those drivers who maybe maybe some of the drivers in that area will be deadheading home. That's when it's really dangerous. So if you, oh, so if you have – I see what you're saying, yeah. So closer to the coast, especially if you – you know, if you have, uh, if you're dealing with 40, 50 mile an hour wind gusts with empty vans, that's, that's, that's that a could problem. cause problems. It'll, it'll, so. it'll even, it'll knock even a very experienced driver over, mm-hmm. you know. It's, uh, and right now, uh, along, speaking of the I-95 uh, corridor, um, it's, it's more in the southeast right now that they're getting. Right now it right. is, yeah. Yeah, right yeah there, there's, there's been a lot of heavy rain across the south today. Um Everywhere from Florida, they actually had some a couple of isolated tornadoes in uh, Central Florida earlier today. There a, and there's a tornado like pretty far up north, like a couple there, of days. There was ago. one just west of Seattle actually yesterday. Yeah, what? Which yeah. rarely happens. Yeah, I you don't hear that. I think maybe when you look at say the 30 year, and the way the Weather Service does when you hear about average, yeah. Um, for, that's the period of time right now. The 30 year average is from 1981 through 2010. And then, you know, when we hit 2020, it'll move up 10 years. Right, so basically, the on, on average, mm-hmm. I think I, I read somewhere that Washington State, I think on average, has two tornadoes a year, like on average over the last 30 years wow. for a whole year. And... Okay. Uh, and for it to happen in December is even more rare. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think of tornadoes it's very in rare. December because I don't think right. of like the warm, I don't think of warm air. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. It doesn't you don't have to have super warm air at the surface. It helps if it's warm, uh, but it doesn't okay. have to be super warm. But uh, if it's at least mild air and if you have if you have the winds going in the right directions and at right intensities as you go up an altitude through the atmosphere, you can get that twisting motion mm. in, in the air and you can get these rare tornadoes and. Happens in California occasionally where they see rare tornadoes, you know, with with How storm weird. storms. Lots of crazy yeah, really weird. In California, but for um, but all that rain that's just drenching a lot of the south right now, it's going to be heading up to the northeast uh, tomorrow. So is that going to be turning into snow? Um, not a lot. Uh, the on the backside of the storm on Saturday, some interior parts of the northeast might get some snow, but I don't think it's going to amount to a whole lot. So I, I don't see any major snowstorms for the weekend. That's good. Wow. Well, that's except good. for. Well, there will be a lot of snow for the the same parts of the Pacific Northwest that usually get hit off and on this time of the year, and, it's, oh, and they're uh, used up to in it. the mountains. Sure. We were talking about this earlier, JP. Yeah. Up in the mountains, the Cascades, Cascades. Uh, Washington State, and Oregon, a the Blue Mountains. There, not unusual. Northern Rockies and uh, Montana and Northern Idaho. I mean, and there are a lot of mountain passes there where maybe sometimes truckers have to get over, but um, but it's not atypical for this time of the year for those areas to get one to two feet of snow it's like right. nothing for them there but so not a white christmas across a large uh, swath of the united states i don't think so as it's although i haven't looked 
quite that far ahead yet because that's still five days away, which in the forecasting world is actually a fairly long time. Is it? Five days it can I'm be. I'm kind of disappointed. Once you like, get within I, like I three like or four, you're, you're, you're yeah, well, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I wish it was. You're hedging your bets right now. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, you heard it here first um, that there's not a lot happening <laughs> except for in the Northeast. No, um, thank you so much for visiting us, Nick. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. appreciate, uh, as yeah. always, your insights. And, Thanks for uh, stopping by, man. And everybody out there, just uh, be safe out there on the roads traveling for the holiday weekend. Yes, just regardless. Allow of extra time. Just kind of take it slow and... Right. You know, be that, nice to each other out there on the roads. That's <laughs> yeah, so a good word, a uh, good word for everybody. And, and, and for me, I tend to try to maximize my efficiencies. And, you know, I think I think I'm going to chill out a little bit more. Sounds time. like a good idea. Maximizing yeah. efficiency. You just mean like driving really fast? <laughs> and and, and taking as few heat breaks as possible, of course. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, well, all right. Thanks a lot, Nick. Um, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nick. Um, you know, another one of the articles that we're looking at today, um, similar to our first one, uh, it was uh, an article written by our managing editor, Brian Strait. Um, driver amenities, poor relationships and pay, and ELD concerns um, are among um, top driver frustrations. And uh, it's coming from, um, the article is coming prompted by a survey that was recently conducted by uh, Kinko and Carrier Lists. And they, oh, they, yeah, yeah, they looked Kinko, at all, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kinko, our, our friends here um, in Freight Alley. Um, there are all kinds of stats, but, you know, like, it's. I, I think that one of the things, like, as we've, um, JP, as we've covered, um, you, know, you know, we've talked to Elida and, you know, and, and other drivers. And, of course, you know, you know, there, we, you know, we cut to the chase at times throughout the year, and it's like, well, ultimately, if you paid drivers more, you would solve, to some extent, your driver retention issue, right? But, uh, but you know, according to this survey and according to some more data, and yeah, if you this really is, think it's really about just it, one piece the puzzle yeah you know because there's more to it there's 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 more to it like you know like if, if i were in a job that was difficult um, possibly miserable in certain ways and people weren't treating me that well even if i was paid a whole lot of money or if, if you got a five percent raise right i still might it, not be digging it right you know right yeah um so um so what what did what were some of the things um that were revealed um as far as what you were seeing uh in the article um I think one of the things that was pretty interesting was the, uh, the, what the drivers had to say uh, regarding their perception of shippers and the issues that they have the with shipper shippers. The shipper of choice and, thing. And what, what makes a shipper a good shipper. Yeah. Uh, a good shipper to work for. You know what? And this has real-world consequences. I mean, I think as yeah. more and more information gets out there, as truckers uh, talk to each other online and on social media, yeah. um, and, you know, we, we continue publishing freight market data. People realize that, like, okay, this facility is a bad facility. Like, if you want me to go there, I want you to guarantee me detention. I want you to pay me more. Uh, you know. Don't make me cetera. wait hours. Right, right, Be right. ready for me. Yeah, and so. Let me park, so possibly. Give me some good coffee. So 44% of the drivers surveyed said that. Um, a shipper facility that had a break room open to drivers and offered snacks, coffee, or water, and Wi-Fi and bathrooms is the most important thing to them when it comes to what a shipper of choice is. Forty-four percent said that. Seems ha- having a space for drivers. You know, it just seems so reasonable, right? Twenty-two <laughs> percent said that um, shippers being more understanding of 
you know, tiny like clerical errors or mistakes or being late to an appointment, um, 22% said that that would, would be really important and would go a long way toward, you know, it, making them have a favorable view of the shipper. And then, uh, you know, finally, 61% of all the drivers said that warehouses should and could be uh, better partners in the process by becoming more efficient in loading and unloading trucks. Um, which Good detail. obviously Good de- obviously uh, makes sense. Um, um, so it does. So it's it's. I think you know these surveys. It's not just about like, okay, what do drive you know what do drivers care about? What do drivers want? I mean, it's useful information for shippers. It's an opportunity for them to really look at their own operations and say, hey, like we're sick of it struggling to find trucks. We're sick of paying too much to entice these trucks to our inefficient facilities. Like we, there are some things we could work on where people would actually want to service our loads. You know, and I, um, you know, thinking about this shipper of choice thing, we've been covering it all year. Um, and, uh, early in the year, you know, we were frequently listening, hearing the thing about, um, uh, you know, how, 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 well, there's a yin and a yang. This this goes back and forth. The uh, the rates may swing back in the uh, shippers' favor, um, but over the course of the the evolution of this 2018 year, it's become increasingly clear that sure there you know of course there there probably will be some, but capacity overall is tight and it's a new it's a new era and there is as you said like this new tracking and this new availability of understanding what's going on and I think that shippers continue to need to learn to like. You know, like it's obvious if you're a bad shipper, you yeah. know, I, yeah. and I don't know why you wouldn't like. You know. Everyone knows. Like, and again, I, you know, I've been covering a lot of brokerages, 3PLs recently, but what they tell right, me right. is that they actually fire some of their shipper customers if they have really bad operations because, you know, they, at the, the way that the freight market is set up now, the freight economy is set yeah. up now, what's most important for the brokerage is having that carrier stay in your network and continue to service your loads. They're trying to keep the carrier happy, and the broker and the carrier are trying to keep the driver happy. And, the, you know, the carriers will turn down a load going into an inefficient facility yep. because they know that if they put that driver in a bad position, if they piss that driver off, that could be the last load he pulls for that carrier. Yeah, get so your ship good. together. Yeah, so you it's, know? It's, it's, it's just not worth it. So, I mean, it's, you know, and I think we are, like, like you say, like capacity is structurally tight because of a variety of reasons. Structurally, yes. It's not going away, and that makes the freight market – you know, volatile and sensitive to mm. small sh- demand shocks. Um, and I think, you know, when when things happen like that, you know, if there's a hurricane, if there's a regulation, if there's if there's something wacky with a tariff that changes freight <coughs> flows, like the, the shippers that no one likes are going to feel the pain because that's going to be the first stuff that people turn down. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Um, doing a little field research this week, um, I went to uh, – I visited uh, Covenant Transport um, just off, you know, um, the I-24 interstate. Yep. And it, it, it was cool to be there in their facility. But, you know, you, it, it is corporate. There, there, It's a big corporate headquarters. But it was unusual in a sense as well because they had a big, um, you know, yard for the semis to be pulling into. And uh, and on their they have three floors and their bottom floor is well actually all the floors are open but they it's vi- like in their operations. 
their in their operations like downstairs floor it's completely open to the drivers who come into the yard so these drivers are pulling into the yard and they just walk in and they're just sort of a part of what and covenant likes this term term the part of the family yeah and you know and but um it's a part of this culture that they're building they're not even a, a shipper right they're they're obviously this asset based carrier and they're bringing in their drivers and helping them feel like because in a very real way they're completely a part of this yeah and, I mean they're they're the they're the money makers and, right. And, and I mean, Covenant's unusual too in that they do this team-based um, driving, which I think is hard to find. It's if hard you, to manage. Hard yeah. to manage it's as well. Twice probably. as many drivers. Yeah, but I mean, I guess once you get it going, boy, that 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 could be awesome. That can be awesome. But anyway, the bottom line is that their um, their their I think their driver retention is much higher because they treat their drivers with this just bottom line dignity and respect and I just saw it firsthand today that's cool um, I mean this week yeah um, it is cool it's interesting and um, you know uh, drivers have reasons it's a difficult job as we say probably just about every week um, they have their justifications for being frustrated there are ways to make life on the road better one of their frustrations that we can't control uh, a top driver frustration are um, you know people just other careless drivers on the road. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so you just yeah, kind of yeah. can't control that. Civilians. Yeah. <laughs> right. So People we can, like us. <clears throat> we can, um, we can uh, work on the supply chain all we want, but in the end, there's still going to be jerks on the road. But nevertheless, try to have that holiday spirit um, as we go throughout the rest of this um, uh, holiday season. Um, one thing that we wanted to say a little bit, um, just like a shout out to um, one of our upcoming events, Transparency oh, yeah, 19, yeah. Um, that, you know, uh, is, is is exciting. It's just like, um, you know, Transparency 18 was great. Uh, Market Waves 18 was great. We, we It was our inaugural year for these things. And now Transparency 19 just here looks Here we go to, again, baby. Uh, here we go again, but take it to next level. I'm so excited about our... Um, our, our speakers and just oh my like, gosh yeah so like Gary Vaynerchuk is is one of our uh, keynote speakers is, we've, is we've super got, fun we got him we've got Andrew Clark the CFO of CH Robinson I mean right. huge companies right we've got yeah. she- Shelly Simpson the executive vice president of JB Hunt Brad Jacobs, the CEO of XPO, like it doesn't right. get any bigger than this. Yeah. It really doesn't. It's like it's, these are the these are the most powerful, interesting people in transportation. Um, and we've all, we've also like redesigned some of the way that the conference flows. So if you were at uh, Transparency 18, you know it was like a, a day of demo, like live tech demos, and then a day of like yep. panels and speakers. But you know we we're kind of thinking like okay, it's kind of tiring to sit through a whole day of, like, demos. Like, it's it's hard to maintain your attention. It's exhausting for everybody. It's, it's, it's really intense. Even if they're super cool. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. There's so many of them. So what, what we decided to do was, first of all, expand the event to three days. So there's yeah. going to be tons more stuff, tons more content, tons, you know, more demos, more people. But also what we did was we're going to weave everything together. So there'll be some demos, and yes. then you might see a Q&A. And a and is not it a demo, one, a demo a day, like a block a day for those three days? I think so, yeah. I know that it's like it's all mixed together. So that the whole idea is that the conference is continually changing. It's pr- providing you with this sort of 
you know, the, the cutting edge information that you need, like in different sorts of styles and formats throughout the day. Um, and it's designed just to be to feel really immersive and stimulating and to keep people like super engaged the whole and, time. And it is, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I've been to boring conferences um, of all kinds. And, you know, there's it's when something doesn't have, um, you know, when something does have uh, energy it's 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 palpable and and when it doesn't it's it's obvious you know yeah um, and it's 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 also cool for us too i mean we, we absolutely we, we, man. you know the freeways team we we go you'll see us there if you go there we're working we're everything from you know manning the registration booth to doing security to i mean hell like market waves we laid carpet you know we're doing all kinds of stuff at the last minute overnight <laughs> yeah like like obviously writing stories interviewing people you know whatever talk, it takes meeting contacts like talking to people hanging out um it's super tiring and energetic and just it's it's like a whirlwind but so, it's it's a big part of like how we build like our audience and our and, and sort of like the freight community that we kind of want everyone to feel a part of so we will be there in uh it, it, it you know at a very different time uh of the year in um you know like around like five months ish uh and it's a great time may we're, in atlanta we don't talk a lot about it um so we're, we're not going to like hammer away at it just wanted to give a shout out for it i think there's a deal going on as well for tickets at the end of um the for the end of this um what 48-hour period. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but anyway. Um, I think I, it expires at midnight on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the specifics. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, so you can just check that out at the FreightWave site, um, and I think there's some code like mistletoe or something like that, but yeah. it'll be clear it, enough. Basically, tickets are never going to be cheaper than they are now, so if you want to go, buy now. Well, you know what? It's uh, It's my favorite time of the week where I get to play big deal, little deal with you. What's the deal? With you? <laughs> well, that's hard to explain in, in a brief amount of time, JP. We need longer than two minutes for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. But um, now all is really well. So I'm going to start with you. And uh, are you ready? Um, <laughs> well, ready or not, here we come. You know, there's no last minute prep. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. We've done three in a row so far, Lexi. Let's see if we can make it four. All right. FMCSA drug testing program in DOT crosshairs, big deal or little deal? It's a big deal. Um, you know, I think that people often think that these uh, drug tests are about safety. They're really about uh, big carry versus little carry. But, yeah, it's always a big deal. CSX to double stack trains through Baltimore after century-old tunnel is fixed. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal. It allowed them to compete with the ports of uh, New York, New Jersey, and Norfolk and add about 80,000 carloads a year to the port of Baltimore's capacity. Low carbon standards buoy sustainable jet fuel market. Big deal or little deal? It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it, we'll see. I mean, uh, I think FedEx and what some what, Alaska Airlines are supposed to use uh, sustainable jet fuel now. Food supply chains need to reduce the consumer retailer disconnect. Big deal or little deal? Um, little deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You don't tell know. me. I feel I feel as connected as I want to be to my you know my my food uh, retailer. Okay. So Amazon challenges FedEx and UPS with new air freight hub. Big deal or little deal? Big.
big deal, probably as important as their last mile delivery efforts, but maybe not a huge deal for FedEx and U- U- USPS or UPS because volume is only growing. Bill Hobbs sets Freight Alley fundraising record with $31 million haul. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. The company has gone through some growing pains, but it's obviously a great concept, and now it has a chance to scale even more. Stalled budget prompts new approach to ELD exemption status. Big deal or little deal? Little deal for now, as it only affects livestock haulers, and it's uncertain if the changes will be permanent for another week. President Xi's 40 years of reform speech fails to excite China watchers. Big deal or little deal? Little deal. The speech of 40 years of reform was out of touch with the rest of the world and largely self-congratulatory. Do we get it? We oh, made it. oh, we dude. just destroyed it. Just, I'm throwing this away. Lexi That's... was like waving her arms frantically as if we were about to run out of time. Dude, one minute and forty six seconds. You know, I have to. You know, I appreciate the efforts of Lexi and Le- and Layla. They they kind of coach us as we're doing it. They kind of they kind of encourage us. Barry was just like he was. Yeah, dude. He would, he he would just, he would just let us drive off a cliff you know? without even knowing it. We'd be we'd be at two minutes five seconds. Yeah, it, it, just, it didn't seem to matter to him yeah. one way or the other. Well, we appreciate so, that. Silent Barry. Appreciate the assist. Um, yep, so maybe that helps us four in a row, and cheers. Happy holidays, everyone. Stay cheers. safe out there. Merry Christmas. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What the Truck. Truck.